listening to the Braveheart Podcast. Today's podcast is a portion of a class Peter is teaching at Christ for the Nations Institute. He is teaching through his book, Back to the Gospel, which focuses on Jesus, the why behind our salvation, and the joy of the new covenant. So we're going to hop into uh, the next sort of section of the book and of the class, uh, which is really going to get into the nitty gritty of uh, how we walk free from sin. Uh, how many of you know, um, as believers, it is our inheritance to live free from sin in this life? Has that faith grown in your heart? Um, as a young man, uh, I was actually not given permission. Uh, there was a spiritual leader of mine, and he was uh, mentioned that uh, sexual sin was a sin that men would always be uh, in bondage to. And so I, I, never, I never had permission uh, to actually believe that we could be completely free from sin. We've talked about this before. If, if we are not free from sin until we die, then Jesus is no longer our Savior. Death becomes our Savior. And so we've got to learn to exalt Jesus, to magnify Jesus. And we've got to understand biblically there is a recipe. We don't, I know in the church we don't like formulas, but the problem is there's, there's a recipe, there's truth that, that our hearts can be anchored to that will allow us to walk free from sin. Now, it's important in two ways. I wanna, um, you're going to begin to see this uh, in the book. We're going to start unfolding this. But here we have God, and we've been talking a lot about God and our perspective of God, and here is us. Okay? Now, <clears throat> we, we've said at the beginning that the purpose of the gospel, the purpose, the bottom line, is for us to be unified with Jesus to have union, to have intimacy with Him. So we see then that when He saves us, salvation is a means to an end. Have you ever tried to be close to someone who's on a, who's on a hospital bed? Have you ever tried to take them on a date? Have you ever tried to have a, an, an intelligent conversation with someone who's in a coma? So, so think about this. God saves us. Salvation is a means to an end. This is a massive like shift in our thinking in the body of Christ. Your salvation is not the end of the gospel. It's a means to an end. So as we present the gospel, this changes the way we relate to God. This changes the way we, uh, we connect with people around us. Um, we see then He takes sin out of us so that He can be intimate with us. Now, He, he doesn't just do that like us and God. He wants us then to manifest that to the world and to the body of Christ. So what we're about to talk about this morning is practically how we live free from sin. So A, how has God, what's the system God has set up so that we can live free from sin? Because He doesn't just say, hey, live free from sin, do your best, try your hardest. He's given us grace. He's given us everything we need. He's provided for us faithfully. So that we can be free. How many of you would like to live free from sin? All the days of your life. That's what the gospel promises. It's what it provides. Free in your thought life. Free in your actions. Free in every fiber of your being. Free, free, free indeed. Amen? Amen. And so God has provided that. So as we understand the framework and what God's given us, guess what happens? We start to, we start to live in that environment. And when you start to live and understand the environment in which you got free, guess what? Guess what the second step is? You start manifesting that environment to those around you. Because 
Guys, the flow of the gospel is really simple. God loves us, and He wants us to express that love to the world. It's really simple. So if you don't know how to receive the love of God, if you don't know the the atmosphere and the environment that the new covenant is, you actually, you can be like, well, I think I'm loved by God, but then when you go to to share your faith or when you go to the body of Christ, you're not going to love them well. And when they sin against you or if they sin against you, you're going to get your feelings hurt. You're going to go, why did they reject me? Well, why did they, they should, and now all of a sudden you're derailed because you don't know how to deal with people's sin. And you'll shame them, you'll, you'll, you'll get mad at them, and you'll let, you'll let some other human being defile your conscience and ruin your faith. And that's not cool. Uh, and so, what are, the, what are the two, what's the two shifts? For those of you who've been in the class, what's the two shifts from the old to the new covenant that we have to nail down to be free from sin? So the old covenant was governed by the law, and there's a shift to the new covenant where now it's governed by God's grace. What's the other shift? The nature of man in the old covenant, the nature of man, meaning, meaning our, our, our GPS, our DNA, was sinful. It had been defiled. We were, we were we, our heart in the old covenant before the blood of the Lamb who takes away the sin. The heart was prone to wander. It was deceitfully wicked. You couldn't trust it. It was this, it was constantly rebelling against God. So, but there's a transition that the new covenant talks about. And so if, if in the old covenant we're sinful, what are we in the new covenant? What's that righteousness connected to? It's connected to our spirit. Exactly. Is it connected to uh, what we do? Okay. So it's connected to a finished work. So now we've got to know. So, so these, this is real simple. This is a real simple graph. Okay. It's a simple graph. It can be, it can be hard to live out. It makes our minds, our minds start to tweak out and go, wait a minute. Right? So what we have to do is you have to have framework in the Bible to give you faith to go, wow, now I'm no longer relating to God based on the law. And now I'm no longer relating to God based as a sinful person. I'm relating to him as a righteous son or a daughter that's completely under the grace of God. So I want to show you scripturally, we're going to, we're going to look up some, some verses. And so I'm going to just... We're just going to go down the line or, or just say, I got it. So get your Bibles out. I'm going to call out some scriptures uh, and we're going to read them. Who's got Romans 6, uh, 2 and 3? Romans 6, 7. Romans 6, 11. Romans 6, 17. Romans 6, 22. 1 Corinthians 15, 56 and 57. Romans 6, 14. Romans 7, 1. Romans 7, 8. Uh, Galatians 5.18. Romans 6, 2 to 3. Read it loud. By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into His death? Okay. So, so here, there's two things we have to establish. We just said if the exchange from the Old to the New Covenant, there has to be a change in identity and there has to be a change in what governs that identity. Are you with me? Do you understand that the reason why the law was given to Israel was because their hearts were prone to run away from God. So they needed some confines and a construct so that it would hit them and go, wow, I've broken the law. Do you understand that? That's why the law was given. It was to expose the sinfulness of their heart. So you have to understand why God gave the law. It wasn't because he was mean and trying to, trying to kill him. He wanted to reveal. It was a, the Bible says it was a schoolmaster. The way I like to, th- to think of it was, it was like bumper lanes in a bowling alley to lead them to Christ. 
It was like, wow, oh, I hit this. I went out of bounds here. Oh, I went out of bounds here. Man, I need help. I can't do this. That, that was the purpose of the law, was to bring Israel to their knees and to the Messiah. So here, Garrett just read, he said, he says, Paul's asked the question, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means, how can we who died to sin still live in it? So here, the expectation and belief is that the new covenant believers, we have died to sin. There's been a death that's taken place. What death took place? Hey, Jesus died. Wow, you guys are lightning this morning. So Jesus died, and somehow through the gospel, through faith, we are to identify with that death. That is, a, that is a, an actual thing that we're meant to identify with. Not just His death, but His burial. Okay? And His resurrection. If we're just going to... Go there. All right. Next verse. Romans 6, verse 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Read it again. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Jesus. Read it again. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Listen. There's only two reasons if you're struggling with sin in this room. There's, there's only one of two reasons that you're struggling. Only two. You are either, in your mind, you have not died to sin, so which means you have not appropriately honored and put your faith in the death that took place on the cross, or, and it could be and, you are still living under the law. There's only two reasons a believer is stuck in sin. They don't understand the cross, and so they don't understand that everything that was sinful in them was crucified on that cross 2,000 years ago. It was put in a grave, and when you came up out of that grave, you no longer had a bent to do sin. Now, you may have years of sinful thinking and behaviors that takes the renewal of your mind, and only the grace of God then can cause your righteousness to come forth. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Do you see how important it is to value and honor our death with Jesus on this cross? And that this isn't, the gospel is not a one-time thing that, oh, I've, I, I, got my, I got my ticket to heaven. That, that actually our life presently to live free from sin, the world is waiting. What would it look like for the world to see the body of Christ walking in freedom and dominion over sin? What would our witness look like to not be walking around with all these just, you know, we're throwing stones at each other and we're all like, what would it look like if we just had eyes of love and we walked like Jesus and people are like, what is up with you people? Why are you so joyful? Like still storms are coming to your life, but you're walking with this triumphant love and this grace and this mercy and forgiveness. What would that look like? What would it look like within CF&I to, for a group to go, man, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk this out. I'm going to put my faith. Here's what I want to tell you guys. No one can stop you from putting your faith in this. No one can make you a slave to sinner if you believe this. Like, it, it is, we live in a day where it becomes somehow abnormal to say, well, I'm, I'm free from sin. Oh, that's arrogant. That's bold. No, it's not. It's humble. It's the gospel. It's, it's the foundation of our faith. It's not, that's not abnormal. That wouldn't be abnormal for us to all in this room go, man, I'm, I'm actually living in dominion, free from sexual sin, free from pride, free from anger. Like, I, I'm, I'm living free from it. Praise God. And it's not because we're some special super Christians. It's because we've humbly, like little kids, going, man, I see that I died with Christ. I'm no longer going to associate with that old life. Then I'm going to walk in grace and friendship with my God. 
And as I do, if I stumble, if I fall, I have a Father who's there advocating for me, and I just keep going because He's going to renew my mind, and I'm going to be free, and the grace of God's going to wash me, and I'm, gonna, I'm determined by the grace of God to walk in the Spirit and no longer gratify the desires of my flesh. Let's keep reading. If it's not already clear, uh, Romans 6.11. Someone read it. So you, so, you must, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Okay, so he's saying because of this, you now have a responsibility. You have to consider yourself dead to sin. So now he's actually giving you ownership. It's one thing to go, oh, I believe, I believe that. Now he's actually saying, no, 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 I want you to consider yourself. I, I, I need you to consider it. I need you to consider something. Have, have any of you ever considered something? You ever consider dating someone? You ever spent those long hours, you're in your, your dorm room, or you're, and you're just considering it. You're like, hmm, and you're like thinking about their qualities, and you're like, hmm, I wonder, hmm. Come on. Some of you consider more about who you're going to date or the job that you're going to take versus considering yourself dead to sin. You just sit there and you think, and you're just in your room, you're like, wow, I'm dead to sin. You just consider it. Just like, wow. Oh, man. You just consider it. Just, just sit around and consider it. Just... Just take some thought. Hmm, let me just consider this for a minute. Let me just, let me not move on. Let me not just go, oh yeah, that happened. Let me consider it. Consider yourself. Man, just in light of your life, you just consider it. And all of a sudden when you consider it, can I tell you something? The mind that is set on the Spirit is life and peace. So all of a sudden you're, you're all knotted up because your life's not going right and you're living and you just consider. You're like, hmm. And all of a sudden, because now that's how you set your mind on the Spirit. The mind that's set on the spirit's life and peace. So you're just, hmm. You just you think, well, I I need freedom. I need breakthrough. How how about freedom breakthrough? Looks like this. Hmm. Just consider, consider life and peace. I'm dead to sin. Wow. My his death was my death. Wow. He buried everything that was wrong with me. Wow. He buried everything that was rebellious and broken and sinful. He buried it. He nailed it to a cross and he buried it. I was with him. When, I, when he hung on that tree, I was in him. Just like I was in Adam, shh, just like I was in Adam, the first man, I was in the last Adam. People say, well, it's not fair that I get sinned because Adam sinned. Well, praise God, we have Jesus. It's not fair that you get to be righteous because Jesus was righteous. You know what I mean? People say, well, that's not fair. Well, it's not fair you get righteous because he's righteous. And He gives you permission by faith to be in the Son on the cross. And everything that you don't like about yourself, every sinful thing, everything was nailed on that tree. And if you, all you have to do is just, thanks God. You don't have to overcome it. You don't have to fight. You don't have to spiritual discipline your way through it. You can overcome. What is the, what is the victory that's overcome the world? Faith. Our faith. Faith in what? In our death with Jesus. We've got so many unbelieving Christians in ministries because we don't, we don't understand this. Do you understand we have ministries that exist because we have unbelief in this? We're still trying to counsel our old man. We're still trying to, to minister people out of their sin, their issues, their, all their stuff. It's like, what if I, I just want to give you permission if you're in this room and you're struggling Consider yourself dead. Honor Jesus. This is about making Jesus big. This is about exalting Jesus. 
This is about honoring what he's done on the cross. If you can get righteous and sanctified through your spiritual discipline and through your ministry, he died for no reason. Then what? Then 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 who cares if he died on the cross? And who cares if he did? He gave you this passport to heaven. If you're gonna if you're gonna get righteous by your own works, if you're gonna if you're gonna conquer your sin because you read your Bible and you pray and you go to the groups enough, then he died for no reason. Yeah. Just let's let's join another club, you know. Let's do something else. But let's not call ourselves by Christians because if we do that, we won't ever be free. That's why so many Christians are still battling and struggling and why it's even hard for us to believe that I could live free from sin. And that's an arrogant statement. It's not arrogant. It was it's the word of God. The expectation for the body of Christ is that we would be completely free. Why? Because of how magnificent the sacrifice of Jesus and we've diminished it. We've made it this anorexic gospel that's just all shriveled up and, and has no, no heartbeat. It has no vibrancy. It has no power. We do them in the new covenant. And, and you, I think you did this. Um, it's when we rely upon those things for our justification and freedom instead of it becomes a, a desire. I love to fast. I, I don't like it, but I do like it. Let me just be real honest. I don't like it, but I do. I believe in fasting. I believe in confession of sin. I believe in reading your Bible. I think you should have a discipline of reading your Bible. I think you should have a discipline of spending alone time with God. If you're not spending quiet alone time with God, you, I don't care how much of this you know, it will become, it's just, it's just knowledge. This, all of this is so you can actually be intimate with Jesus. All of this is so you can take it into the secret place and you can spend actually quality time with God. And you can pray and you can spend volumes of hours praying, not because you're going to get anything extra from God, but because you now can enjoy fellowship with Him. Are you with me? So those spiritual disciplines, those spiritual disciplines are good, but they don't, they don't save or sanctify you. I still believe fully in all. I, I love, I love this word. I love it so much. Every man and woman of God that I've studied in the past that finished their life well was grounded upon this word, devoured this word, spent alone time with God. This, what I'm telling you, is not going to, um, is not going to sustain you to the end unless you take it and walk it out. It's like anything, any truth or thing that you don't actually practice and walk out. Is, is, is pointless. But we have to make the distinction that those spiritual disciplines do not sanctify you. Friendship with God sanctifies you. Walking by the Spirit in, in, in connection with your Father and with the Son, that sanctifies you. Thanks for listening to the Braveheart Podcast. For more information on Braveheart Ministries, visit braveheartministries.org.